0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Playing in the Sandbox, Conversations and Pedagogy. My name is Dr. Catherine Troyer, and I am the Assistant Director of the Collaborative for Learning and Teaching here at Trinity University. This podcast was built off of my quest to define or distinguish between a good professor and a great professor. And what keeps coming back to mind is the idea of play. And I'm separating this from being or the act of playing, and more I mean being playful in our learning, our thinking, and our teaching. So I invite you to join me uh, for today's episode where we look at soliciting mid-semester feedback and how that works perfectly within the framework of play. When I think about what it means to be playful, as opposed to just playing, what comes to mind is that we're constantly asking questions, uh, especially the question of "what if." We're Engaging in a conversation, be that with ourselves or with other individuals. We're thinking about the relationship between cause and effect. Um, and we are failing and then adopting and adapting and revising and then failing again and kind of repeating the process. And so that, that's uh, a lot of what comes to mind when I think about being playful. Uh, on top of that, of course, is, is the fact that it is an enjoyable act, not necessarily and often not an easy act, but it's something that we can take joy or uh, experience, um, as Mahayi says, flow during. So if we're thinking about how to have a playful class or classroom environment, I think that we can start, especially at this time of the year, with mid-semester feedback. Mid-semester feedback can be conducted any number of ways, and it doesn't even have to happen in the middle of the semester. Um, I, ideally or potentially, we could be soliciting feedback from our students throughout the entire semester. But what, what it is, is it is a moment to, to take the heartbeat, to take the pulse of a class. The problem with uh, end-of-semester evaluations is that they are essentially a post-mortem. They happen after something has already ended, and now we're just trying to figure out what may or may not have caused things to go right or wrong after the fact, right? Just like with a postmortem, you're finding out how they died after the fact. Whereas a mid-semester feedback is more like a doctor's examination, right? To prevent you from needing that postmortem, where you can kind of say, okay, well, here's something that's working. Here's something that isn't. Let's think. Let's talk about that. And of course, if we go back to playing, which is a part of being a playful professor, um, you know, we are constantly soliciting feedback in the act of playing. And that could be something like when we're on a team sport um, and we are noticing that one of our teammates is not doing as well as they normally do. Um, we, We pay attention to that and we adjust accordingly. Um, Sometimes we'll play games that are, you know, where you can actually more easily talk to your teammates and you can devise a strategy and then you can tweak the strategy as things do or do not work. But of course, playing isn't just about games. When we're playing, if we go back to that idea of, you know, asking what if, um, adapting and revising, um, building a prototype is a perfect example of play. And it is one that is the process of feedback is built fundamentally into it we get feedback at various stages or levels um, because we need to know a number of things. Is it working, the prototype? What could I change? Um, what am I not noticing? And also, what do you as the user, the person who is the one um, on the user end of things, experiencing that I will never be able to experience as the maker? So that's really what mid Feedback is doing. That's what it's about is it's, it's taking a moment to say, students, I will never be a student in my own class. I will never be a student in my own class this particular semester, this particular course. How and what is going on for you? How is it going? What's happening? Can you tell me something about your experience as a student? And what we do with that uh, is very dependent upon the types of questions we're asking. Um, It's also dependent upon the type of professor that we are. There are going to be some faculty that are going to adopt more elements than other faculty uh, from the feedback that they receive. But what it's doing is is it's allowing us to get a, a point of view that we will never be able to get on our own. So what are some ways that you can engage in mid-semester feedback or what are some of the things you can be asking students to pay attention to? Well, I think before you can decide your questions, you need to ask yourself, what is my goal? What am I hoping to get out of this feedback? And that's going to really drastically change uh, what questions you ask, because there are lots of things that you can get out of of mid-semester feedback. So one of the things that you could be looking for is you could be hoping to see how is this course going in terms of um, the workload, in terms of um, something that I'm trying that's maybe different, such as giving um, partially completed notes. Um, How is it going considering that we're in the middle of, for example, a pandemic? Um, So you could ask those, right? And that's really getting to to the heartbeat or the pulse. If you're going to do something like that, if you're trying to figure out what is or is not working on a sort of more basic level, then I think one of the easiest and and I think most delightful um, questions that you can ask involve this sort of what's called the starfish model. So the starfish model is just, you know, it's a picture in your mind, a starfish or a five pointed star. And then in between each point, there's a different thing that you're asking students to answer. And so the first one is more of, what can I be giving you more of, um, or what do you want more of in this class? And then uh, the, another one is less of, what do you want less of, right? What What is happening in terms of the class that, that you were feeling you don't need as much. Then we have, what can I keep doing or what can we keep doing? Um, what can I, or we start doing? which is a really interesting one. And then what can we or I stop doing? And the stop doing one is particularly interesting because a lot of times um, we may feel that, that students are still needing us to walk them through uh, an assignment prompt. But if it's the fifth or sixth assignment and it's the exact same prompt every time, they may tell you, we don't need as much time on that. But what we would like for you to start doing is to maybe point out one thing that we can improve in each paper or something like that. And so this can be the starfish model can be a really great way to just sort of get students thoughts on what is or is not working um, and how things could be changed with the more or less of. Of course, you need to keep in mind that as with any feedback that you solicit, particularly from students, you are going to have uh, probably a, a near 50% split, it always seems to me, where 50% will say they want more of small group work and 50% will say they want less of small group work. And so there, there is a point where you as the instructor are making decisions, right? You as the maker are, are deciding what, what is most beneficial for your students. But sometimes this becomes a really great opportunity for you to just have a conversation with your students. We've talked in previous episodes about the fact that one of the important things about play is how transparent it is. No one wants to play a game where the rules switch on them halfway through or where they don't understand why they're having to do something um, again and again. They need to know you draw cards because you're using the cards. And so I have found that the Starfish model allows me to, to make certain things more transparent. I've had students I, uh, in a course say that they wanted fewer weekly quizzes. Or really, they wanted me to stop doing the weekly quizzes altogether. And I explained to them that I was having them do these quizzes because it's an important part of of cognitive psychology and the ways that our minds work in terms of memory. And that these weekly quizzes were going to make it easier for them to retrieve information on their final exams. And while I don't think that made anyone like the quizzes anymore, that certainly made them understand that I wasn't just doing this because I wanted to, that I had a really good reason for their benefit. And so then it didn't become something that any of them felt the need to comment on, for example, in my final course evaluation, because they'd already had a chance to articulate their thoughts and then to hear feedback from me. The thing that's really interesting about this type of feedback and about when you're asking them from the student's point of view is that uh, some of the questions that you as the instructor feel are really interesting are not always questions that students see the benefit of answering. So prior to uh, this, this podcast episode, I, did, I led a workshop on mid-semester feedback. And I asked some of our, we ha- our Tigers as Partners students, the students who pair up with faculty in the classroom, if they could s- share some questions that they felt were helpful and some questions that they thought were worth avoiding. And what was interesting was that sometimes the, there was overlap. Some of the questions that some people felt, uh, some of the students felt were helpful, others felt were were not valuable, such as answering things like, how many hours a week do you spend on my course? Um, or some people thought that it was not helpful to have very many questions that were um, just sort of yes, no. And others said, break up the the long answer questions by having more yes, no. So there's a couple of interesting things that sort of emerge out of that pattern. The first is is that we have to remember that not every question is going to work for every student. And second, we have to remember why we are asking, again, we go back to this, why are we asking for mid-semester feedback? And our students need to know that answer as well. And they need to know that we're not just doing it because we're just curious, that we're doing it to see where we can make adjustments, where we can make changes. Uh, and so if you say, um, you know, tell me how many hours you are putting in, and, and students are saying they put in 15 hours a week on, on just your class, um, and let's say that you decide that you're going to adjust that accordingly, you could tell them. Or let's say that they say they're putting in three or four hours, then I think report back to them, right, and say, you know, the most of you are spending about what I want you to be spending this in this class, and so that's why I was asking So it's about remembering that they are giving you feedback, but that's not the end of the dialogue, right? The dialogue continues with you coming back to them by explaining, here's why I was asking these questions. Um, Here's what I'm going to do accordingly or in response. This is a great point in the semester to be doing it at the mid-semester point, right? To solicit, again, that feedback so that you can make adjustments or so that you can explain to students why certain things are the way they are. But I think that it is also really important to be giving your students an opportunity to participate in, in a conversation about the bigger sort of narrative of their learning process. So not just what, what it's like from them, um, from the student perspective, but also this is a great opportunity to be asking them questions like, um, if you were to sum up the thesis of this class so far what would it be? Uh, Or what has been the most interesting unit to you so far and why? Questions like that allow for some some reflective processing on the point of view of students that allows them to engage in this this playful act as well because they're not just giving you information to make things Um, so that you know what's happening to make things maybe easier for you or for them, you're giving them this opportunity for them to really sort of think critically about, okay, what am I learning? What has surprised me? What has been most helpful to me? And, and that's going to help them if you frame the questions right, or better yet, have a, a sort of follow up conversation after you've had a chance to read the feedback, this can become a way for this interaction to truly become a conversation. And that, I think, is what's at the heart of play, is it is a conversation, it is an interaction, Um, there's a back and forth, and there's opportunities for students to see both that the course has been carefully constructed, but also that how they enter into this carefully constructed narrative um, changes depending upon decisions they make. So it can be helpful to ask questions such as, What have you been doing that has helped you the most in succeeding in this course? Or what uh, do you think you could start doing more of? So to return back to the starfish model, you could ask students to either submit to you um, or just for themselves have to complete the more of the less of the keep doing the start doing and the stop doing so that they can be thinking about where they fit into this larger beast. One of the interesting things uh, that the TAP interns shared were some pieces of advice for faculty to keep in mind. And a lot of it was stuff that I, I think you probably would expect to be on the list. Be open to change, um, you know, remember that these criticisms are, are not intended or usually not intended to be personal. And there are ways that you can set up the the request for feedback to make it not personal. Um, Making sure that you have questions that get to what you want instead of just kind of questions uh, to, to round out a survey. But one of the things that I thought was really interesting was to keep in mind that we are using this feedback for different purposes and our students deserve to know that. So are you using this feedback to make changes in the moment or are you using this feedback um, to help you make changes for the next time that you teach the course or both? Sharing things like that, again, um, it's important to remember that the feedback is most effective when it really is that conversation. Another piece of advice that they gave is to make sure not to, to accidentally embed too many questions into one question. Um, so instead of having uh, multiple questions of what would you do about this and how would you perceive that, I'm potentially separating them if you really want them to be answered separately, because otherwise students might pick or choose which part that they're going to look at the questions that the TAP interns found most helpful uh, were very open-ended things like, based on the grades you've received on your assignment, is there anything else that the professor can do to better your understanding? Or what would you change about the course, which they admit can be kind of a hit or miss? uh, Or questions that are about specific moments in the classroom, particularly memorable moments. One of the questions that I thought was really interesting that they recommended was, On a day-to-day basis, when class finishes up, do you usually know what the professor wants you to take away from that particular class period? So one of the things that often happens in in mid-semester feedback is that it becomes a a real uh, macro level, uh, you know, thinking over the course of the semester. But it is okay to ask them about things on a weekly basis or on an individual classroom basis. Again, the key and the takeaway about, about this is that in order to create an environment where people feel comfortable and feel like they are able to engage in really deep learning, they need to feel like they've had an opportunity to help express what is or is not working for them and what they are gaining and perhaps where things are missing the mark. And so I encourage you to conduct mid-semester feedback. You can do it. you know asynchronously you can do it synchronously you can have someone come in and proctor it for you um but but it's really so incredibly important to remember that that if we're going to play together uh we need to to hear from each other and that that needs to be not just um, them giving us feedback but us also responding uh transparently to that feedback